from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hope this finds you well. The sun is out today, and we start a very special week on the Black and Blue Report with good co-hosts all week. So uh, you'll not only be dealing with myself, but uh, various guests as we go along. And so we're looking to have a great week here. And as we promised you, we're going to talk NFL this week as well as free agency is really ramping up. And we have Saints news to talk about from this past weekend. We'll certainly do that with John DeShazer at NewOrleansaints.com a little bit later. We've got a nice winning streak to talk about with regard to the Pelicans. They're winners again as they beat Denver yesterday at Smoothie King Center 111-107. to And uh, we'll see what else comes our way today. With that, uh, I'd like to welcome in our special co-host on this Monday, and that's Jason Smith. Jason, I'm so glad you were able to come in and sit in studio with us here today. No, I appreciate you guys for having me. Uh, hopefully this will be a fun opportunity for me. This is not your first foray into broadcasting now, is it? You've done a couple of these now. I have, I have. I've been on the radio maybe a couple times with you last year, unfortunately, when I was hurt with the shoulder injury. But this year I've gotten to do a couple of the pregame co-hosts with Jen Hale, um, it's always a fun opportunity to get uh, a little bit of exposure and, and see what the business is all about. The uh, Pelican Center uh, may have uh, aspirations of a broadcasting career later. What do you think about that, Jason? Oh, I don't know if I could ever fill your big shoes, but, you know, I, I try to do my best. Your shoes are pretty big. I think you already <laughs> got your own to, to handle there. You know, do you do you think about that at all, about your, your post-playing career? You know, I've talked to David Wesley a couple times about kind of what he wanted to do or what he – thought he might want to do and he's done a little bit of coaching now broadcasting what about you you know you kind of keep all your options open uh while you're playing you always kind of want to keep it in the back of your head but when you're playing you're playing at such a high level in the nba it's it's really something you just kind of put on a back burner but since i've been hurt uh you you tend to have a little bit more time on your hands so you start to think about stuff and broadcasting or doing tv or radio or something like that is is always a been maybe an option for myself but I don't know I like to keep my options open um some people have said that I I would have a possible career in doing this but I just I would love to learn how to do it obviously I'm not a professional at all like you guys but I I like to have fun with some stuff you're I'd like to think that you're still considered newly married at this point right I mean yes okay I I got married Uh, (laughs) in July so I think hasn't been a year yet so I'll take that as newlywed how much how much do you think is your wife does your wife offer you any advice or input along those lines or does she just kind of let you go no she she definitely we've watched a couple of the broadcasts that i've done this year and she definitely gives me a lot of confidence and i i don't uh like to really watch myself too much but she she definitely gives me high praise and and she's very supportive in anything that i do that's Jason Smith. These are a special co-host here on the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for the Pelicans and the Saints. You can follow on Twitter at Black Blue Report, or you can follow me at Sean Kelly Live. Uh, Jason, I know that you've been active with social media. How about your Twitter Twitter handle? You know, my Twitter handle is uh, <laughs> it is Jason Smith zero one four, and I think. I'm new to Twitter, so I don't really know all the ins and outs of Twitter and really how to use it to my full full knowledge, but it's uh, it's interesting to see. You can find more news on Twitter than you can through most news outlets. I mean, that's how they find out about trades or releases. It's not, oh, I checked, oh, I saw it on the news or I saw it on SportsCenter. It's usually, oh, I saw it on Twitter, I saw it on Instagram. It's It's crazy how the news is today. What should the balance be between, whether it be NBA or NFL or MLB or anything else, Jason, should there be a balance between players wanting to use Twitter or Instagram to kind of break their own news, or should that be left up to the teams? You know, that's tough. Uh, There's so many restrictions out there. You can't say this. You can say that. You can't say this. But I think it's to each their own because it's going to be a, a changing dynamic as you go on. 
I mean, there was Facebook to begin with. Then there was, I mean, there was MySpace, there's Twitter, there's Instagram, there's Snapchat. There's so many different platforms out there, but you never know what's going to be the next thing. I mean, each individual player is going to handle it their own way. Some people are going to put a lot of pictures on the internet and let you into their life a lot. And some people are just going to use it for their basic exposure to say, hey, to the fans and how you doing and, and kind of interact in that level. How many followers do you have now, Jason? Oh, geez, I, I don't keep up with it like that. I'm, oh, come I'm not on. a good 100,000, 200,000 person. I bet you I'd be lucky if I have three or 4,000 followers. But I'm happy with all my followers. They're, they're good fans and, and friends, so I, I can't complain. How much did you tweet about your injury and then the surgery? You know, I didn't really tweet that much about the injury. Um, I think I kept it pretty much to myself. I, I remember that I, uh, I tweeted a picture right after surgery letting everybody know that I was I was doing good and I gave a thumbs up I do remember that I mean a lot of people were like do you remember that you were you on anesthesia do you do you remember tweeting a picture and I was like yes I remember doing that I was conscious and and functioning at that point so now I was one of those people uh, that asked you yeah 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 the injury (laughs) uh I kind of keep that off social media some some guys like to do oh I'm getting treatment oh I bent my my leg today I I bent my finger today, so no, I'm not that. Yeah, I know. Not that Some guys guy. say right down to you know I ate this today. Yeah, well, I'm, really, <laughs> I'm, I'm not telling you what I eat. <laughs> yeah, um, as far as the injury goes, I mean we we do know now that you're going to miss the rest of the season. You're still on crutches, correct? Yep, still on crutches. Uh, I would love to get rid of these bad boys, but I got to listen to the trainers and I got to listen to the medical staff. So uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get rid of those by the end of the week. Fingers crossed, everything goes well. So, meetings with doctors are going well. Um, I've had no setbacks at all. Uh, everything is healing just fine, and should be go- good to go for next season. How do you battle through the frustration of not being able to play? Oh, it's a it's a very extremely frustrating time to go through an injury, um, especially back to back injuries with a shoulder last year and now my knee this year. So. It's just one of those things you have to mentally prepare yourself to to really overcome some some hurdles. Um, you definitely have the the support of your teammates and the training staff helping you every step of the way. So they've been really good at that. Uh, in my own mindset, I just have to to really be mentally tough about oh, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. You have the best medical professionals in the world helping you out. So for me, just take it a day at a time. Um, don't really think too big picture. Uh, you just got to learn to take small accomplishments. Uh, I want for me an accomplishment would be getting off these crutches. Uh, I can't wait to get rid of them, and then sooner rather than later, I'll be walking, running, jogging, jumping, and on and on and on and on. For those of you who have not seen Jason on his crutches, his crutches are taller than most people are, <laughs> um, which yeah, is they kind are, of interesting. Uh, they are quite large. Uh, they're not your typical crutch design either. It's kind of like an S-curve at the top. Everybody marvels at that as well. But I'm a big guy. i got to have a, a different crutch, I guess. <laughs> you know, um, you are the longest tenured player on this roster. And at the beginning of the season, it was quite apparent that you were going to have a, a very large leadership role. Not playing, being on crutches and whatnot. How much leadership have you been able to carry through now here as we've turned toward the spring? You know, as a as a leader, it's tough to lead when you're not in the mix with the guys. Uh, you're not battling every night. You're not practicing every day with them. So I just I try and uh, take a step back, um, really let Anthony Davis, and he, he has to step into his leadership role, and I think he's done a great job with that. Um, also a lot of other guys on the team. Because when you're out there playing and you're going through all the, the screening actions and the defensive sets, it's really easy for those guys to really put their input out there. Now, being on the sidelines, I give the guys whatever I can, little tidbits that I see from the, from the outside looking in. Um, during the games, usually during halftime, I like to tell the guys kind of certain different things that they may not see on the floor or stuff that's hurting us they may not realize. So I really try and keep my um, – keep my distance a little bit just to let them have a leader out there on the floor or really develop somebody out there that's with them all the time. Because um, if I'm not out there on the floor and I don't want them to get used to me screaming at them everything and then when we get out there, it's like, oh, nobody's talking. But 
I think everybody's done a great job of stepping on, into their role. Brian Roberts coming in for Drew Holiday. I mean, so many different guys. Anthony's playing at such a high level. Anthony Morrow stepping up, and he's playing tremendous right now. And there's a lot of guys are really uh, are going out there and really just coming together, playing hard basketball. Yeah, and and three games, uh, all of them wins here of late, uh, shows some signs of progress. Now, some of this has to do with the opponent, but let's just take yesterday for example. The Pelicans win over the Nuggets, one eleven to one oh seven, and early on it didn't look good. Um, what were your thoughts as you watched that thing unfold yesterday? You know, the Nuggets are a tough team for us. Usually, uh, they are a run and gun team, and they're a really high high energy, fast paced team. Really gave us a struggle in the first quarter. Obviously, we were down big. But uh, we, we never gave up. We made some adjustments. We knew what we had to do. We had to get back in transition. We had to limit their easy easy baskets. I mean, they were getting a lot of dunks and layups and, and whatnot. But for us, we stuck it in. We stuck in the game, and it, it was a tough game, and we grinded it out. And Anthony Morrow had a huge, huge shot to put us into overtime. We just had a lot of momentum going into overtime, and Anthony having a great game, a career high, I believe. Um, there was so many input from so many different guys. Uh, it was just a hard-fought game, and we grinded it out, and we got a good win against the Nuggets last night. You mentioned Anthony and, and him tying his career high. He also picked up his 30th double-double yesterday. Um, as you know, before the game, there's a lot of mingling, and you're talking to guys from the other team and whatnot. And I get asked every night now, you know, what is it about Anthony Davis? And I think that I answer the question pretty well. But from a teammate standpoint, what is it about this guy that has everybody saying he is a superstar in the making in the NBA? Well, the fact is he's only 20 years old. I mean, it, it is his birthday today, so happy birthday, Anthony. I, he, he's, he's a guy that's going to continue to work. He has a great mindset about the game. Uh, he always wants to get better. He, he is such a high-level competitor as well. He never wants to lose, whether it's in practice, whether it's in shoot-around stuff especially in the game. He, he wants to go out there and show everybody, hey, I'm not just a defensive player. He's worked on his offense like unbelievably well this summer, really developing his post-game, his face-up game. Uh, it, the difference from his, his rookie year to his sophomore year, I mean, he's just taken that next step, I think, of, of being more comfortable out there. Um, in his second year, he's done a great job of, of really commanding the floor of commanding I want the ball get the ball to me and, and we'll play through him uh, and he's done a really good job of that obviously got to the all-star game this year well deserved I think um, he, he really wanted to get that on his own rather than have somebody be injured and kind of be given that position but he he's done a great job this year of of stepping into a leadership role I think uh, with with myself out with Ryan out with Drew out that's a huge leadership absence right there um but he he's done a great job of really trying to keep the guys together and going out there and competing every single night and and he's he's going to continue to do that obviously and that's just the type of person that he is let's use a hockey comparison you're from colorado you hockey probably follow the avalanche here we go let's do yeah. it a lot of star players jason have an enforcer you know what I'm saying? Oh, gosh. I, I kind of see where you're going. Go ahead. All right. So when you were playing and now Steamer to some extent, does Anthony need kind of an enforcer alongside of him? You know, I don't think Anthony's ever going to be that enforcer, and I think he likes to have somebody like that beside him. Uh, Greg does a very good job at that, and I like to say that I do a good job of that. Um, it, it's one of those positions that you don't really want to be in, but you're willing to do it for your team. It's really anything for the team to help them succeed. Greg Steamsman does a great job at that. I think I do a pretty well, pretty good job at that myself. And uh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a great way to put it. An enforcer like that. Well, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you're, you're also called upon to score. It is it is still basketball. Yes. But when we talk about that role, what are, what exactly are we talking about that that you do when you're playing next to him, or what Greg does well enough? When you know when you can't play, you know the enforcer role is just really don't let the guys beat up your star players, um, whether they're playing rough on defense or they're if it's a point guard in a point guard situation and you're a big, you want to set good screens to allow them to get a little bit of space and a little bit of freedom uh, rather than having somebody hound them all night. Like Aaron Brooks was 
hounding Austin Rivers last night. If I would have seen that, I would have if and playing obviously. If I would have seen that, I would have given him a nice good screen, legal screen, mind you, but a good screen mm-hmm. just to kind of give him a little space and make the defender think twice about pressing into pressing into the to the guy. Pelican Center Jason Smith is our co-host here on the Black and Blue Report today. We've got a couple of special guests for him lined up. Um, before we get to uh, to our first uh, break, Jason, and uh, bring in our next guest, um, quickly though, when when you look at how this season has played out, because of the injuries to you and, and Ryan Anderson and Drew Holiday, things have definitely gone much differently than planned. But here the teams won three straight. This comes on the heels of an eight-game losing streak. The playoffs at this point would be a long shot at best. How has Monty Williams dealt with the season? I mean, I see him and I interview him almost every day, but you see him behind closed doors. What's he been like? Uh, he's been very positive. Um, he always wants to make sure that we continue to work to get better, no matter who's out on the floor. Uh, it doesn't matter. Obviously, it matters that we've had big injuries um, this year, but from a from a team standpoint, he always has the the mindset to go into the gym and continue to work. Uh, for the guys that have gotten opportunities to play, it's it's been great for them. Uh, he he's adamant about if you work hard, good things will happen for you. And and we're just a work hard team. Uh, he never wants to give up. Obviously, you want to get to the playoffs, and there's a lot of what ifs in this season. What if Ryan didn't get hurt? What if I didn't get hurt? What if Drew didn't get hurt? Is is but we've we've also had injuries where they've come back. I mean, Greg had a a, a bad knee sprain this year, and he has come back strong. Uh, Anthony broke his hand earlier this year, and he's come back strong, obviously. And there's a lot of what ifs, but coach keeps a positive mindset. Uh, obviously, you want things to be a little bit better, but he's done a great job of keeping us in the right direction. Sounds like a typical Monty Williams, to tell you the truth. Yes. Steady as he goes. Yes, yes, yes. Jason Smith, uh, we'll talk a little Saints, and we'll pick your brain about the NFL a little bit later when John DeShazer stops by. But are you ready for our uh, our first couple of uh, guests on the big program today? I am, I am. All right, so you think you have an idea about one of them, right? Yes, I, I think I was leaked the information that possibly my old college coach would be on the show with us. And you guys are on good terms, right? Oh, I, I don't like the guy at all. No, I'm just kidding. We are on great terms. <laughs> Um, and then the other guest you have no clue about, right? Not a single clue. All right, good. Well, I don't want to turn this into a, you know, this is your life, but uh, oh, at the great. same time, we need to learn a little more about you, and we have a couple people who help us do that. Okay, that sounds good to me. All right, and so you mentioned the old college coach. So coming up in just a moment, we'll bring in the head coach of now Liberty, uh, and that's Dale Layer, uh, who was the head coach, I want to say, Jason, from what, 2000 to 2007 at Colorado State? Uh, 2004. Yeah, 2000 to 2007, I believe he was the coach. I had to endure him for three years. Wow. Yeah. Mm, you say The way you say it there, Jason. I... No, college days were great. We had a great time uh, together, and we had a, a very prosperous career there. All right, sounds good. We'll take a quick timeout. Jason Smith is with us here on the Black and Blue Report on this Monday, and we'll bring in his college coach as we continue right after the next. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light, for the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. This is Pelican Center, Jason Smith, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the special edition of the Black and Blue Report. On this Monday, we have that special co-host in the chair, and that's Jason Smith. And as promised, we bring back his college coach, Dale Lair, now the head coach at Liberty, formerly of Colorado State, 
is with us on the telephone. Coach, good morning. I appreciate you joining us here during a very busy week, I'm sure. Well, it's uh, great to be with you. It's uh, always good to catch up with Jason. Let's talk about Jason Smith, shall we? Surely there oh, is, Coach. Yeah, there surely is a good story or two about his Colorado State days. Uh, there are some stories that would be left better unsaid, but there's also some stories about uh, Jay that uh, uh, he, did, he didn't really do anything bad there. He was a great young man. Um, he he, uh, he comes from the big city of Kersey. Hey, that is a I big city. Don't be don't be bashing Kersey there, Coach. <laughs> well, the first time I went to his home, uh, his dad, uh, God bless his soul, he was uh, uh, he, he fixed uh, some stuff out of the garden. He uh, I don't know if he butchered a fatted calf or not. <laughs> he had, had steak for us, and and I said, let's turn on the TV, and he said, well, we don't get cable out here in Kersey. So uh, we, we, we had to just sit around and talk and couldn't watch NBA games. And who would have thought that Jason would have been an NBA player at that point? I don't even know if he'd seen an NBA game at that point. I might have seen maybe one or two games, but, yes, we did not have cable. It was very simple living. <laughs> it was great to see Coach kind of have an eye-opening experience of, wow, this is, this is uh, how you live, huh? All right, that sounds good. <laughs> Dale, it sounds like Little House in the Prairie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not sure if it was that bad now. you got to give me a little bit more credit. We had indoor plumbing. We were good to go. They had, uh, uh, Sean, they had a, uh, a, uh, a, a parade for Jason one time, and uh, there were more pickup trucks and, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and wagons. And oh, it was, there were no... There were no they had to get a convertible from Denver to put him in, but everything else was uh, <laughs> kind of old school tractors and stuff. Oh, I love it, Dale. When you when you first met him, or at least started kind of recruiting him, um, obviously there was no videotape or cameras in Kersey, um, so you probably had to do this in person. Did you did you think to yourself, here's a potential NBA player that I can kind of find in Kersey, Colorado, or did you recruit him more as just a project, and let me let me turn this kid into a big time player. Hey, don't lie on this question either. No, it, I think that the first time I saw him, he was six nine, about one hundred and eighty seven pounds. So no one would have probably envisioned him as being an NBA player at that point. I think when he got to be in between his junior and senior year, he was about six ten and about two oh five, and I could see that that with the right work with the right uh, um, experience and culture, he could turn into an NBA player. I really did. I, uh, Jason had great feet. He had great hands. He had an understanding of the game. But he had a real passion to play. And, and uh, when you get a big guy with great passion, you know, the sky's the limit. Typically, big guys don't have the kind of passion that Jason had and, and still has. I think that's what separated him. Jason, when I watch you play now, what about your game should be a direct reflection of your time with Dale Lair? Uh The way that I – the energy that I play with. Uh, I think I developed that in college, and that was a testament to how Coach Lair kind of groomed me and really made me uh, go out there and play as hard as I can, but also playing smart. Um, usually in college – going into college, I, I uh, in high school, actually, I didn't really play the hardest at all, and I kind of – sloughed up a little bit and getting into college it was just a different experience for me and I knew that I had to work as hard as I could just to stay in college and, and really uh, continue to work hard if I wanted to go anywhere professionally and I think he hit it on the point I, I wasn't really a mindset of me to go to the NBA in, in high school but I think it just kind of changed in college because I did work hard and I put in the time and I put in the efforts and, and really Coach Lair put me in all the the right, uh, I guess, spots to really succeed. And uh, I really thank him for that. And, and it, it was a great time at Colorado State, and I wouldn't take it back for anything. Dale, the current head coach of uh, Mr. Smith there is Monty Williams, who never curses and barely ever raises his voice. Um, I don't know you well enough to know your style, um, but are you in the same mold as Monty Williams, or are you willing to let loose a little bit, and how did Jason deal with that? I don't use profanity uh, 
but uh, I certainly raised my voice uh, several yeah. times. And, and uh, uh, Jason had a, uh, I can best describe it as road rage on the basketball floor when he was a player. He uh, would get fouled and they wouldn't call and he would turn and, and really al- almost literally tackle somebody to get the ball back. And there were times where in practice I would say, Jason, the only way to break you this habit, I'm going to have people beat you up as hard as I can. I'm never going to call a foul. I'm going to just, when they beat you, I'm just going to turn to you and smile at you because I've got to put you in situations that where you can handle the kind of heat and pressure and road rage, if you will, on the floor because he would always get in foul trouble. And there were times his uh, sophomore and junior year I didn't even start him just so he could uh, not pick up a dumb foul early in the game, even though I wanted him on the floor every minute. But uh, it was uh, uh, interesting to see Jason kind of evolve and improve and mature. Uh, The best story I can tell about Jason is – uh, we told him that in, uh, in high school that he couldn't jump rope and he was bad at it. And, um, and so he took that as a challenge. And, and I don't know if you're familiar, Sean, with double jumping where you, you flip the rope twice on the same jump. And um, Jason started out with about four and he couldn't do it and was mad and was frustrated and he would stop off and say, I can't wow. do this. The next day, he would come back and try to do it again. And in between his uh, sophomore and junior year, we had a, a team camp with about a thousand kids, and uh, we got some of the kids up, high school kids up, and they had. You know, we said, "Hey, come, come, double jump!" And they said, "Oh, that's easy." And they would do two and mess up and three. And we got Jason up there, and he was a seven footer with. He was probably weighing 230, 235 pounds at that point, and. He started double jumping. He got to 10 in a row without messing up, and he got to 50 in a row without messing up, and he got to 75 without messing up, and those kids started chanting his name and standing on his on their feet and clapping for him. He got to 100, and that's unbelievable for a guy Jason's size to get 100 in a row, and they were chanting, and sweat was coming off Jason. He ended up with 174 in a row without missing. And it was incredible. At that moment, I said, this guy's going to play in the NBA. And I, I can recall him having some pre-draft workouts where they had him jump rope. And uh, they were amazed at the kind of skill. And that was uh, kind of testament of Jason. If you could show him something and tell him something he wasn't good at, he would uh, try to work hard to prove you wrong. Wow, I, I can't even imagine how long the rope is. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was a good yeah. story. That was I do remember that in college, and that was uh, that was a tough uh, workout. I remember having to do that, and I you never want to mess up in front of the kids. So it was really kind of cool because they started chanting my name and they started counting how many times I was doing it, and it took me forever to do it. But it was really cool that I I had the opportunity to do that in front of the, some campers. So I really had some witnesses out there to to really prove to the guys that I actually did it. Now, right. now, Dale, go ahead, Coach. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. no, no no problem. Uh, Coach, you you should know that uh, um, not too long ago there were some guys on the roster here in New Orleans that um, would sometimes, and probably behind his back, would talk about Jason as being a little bit of a pretty boy and kind of the team heartthrob. Uh, Did Jason have a lot of big men on campus in him at Colorado State, or is that something that he's been able to keep under wraps for us? You know, he he had one girlfriend that was kind of a staple uh, to his – uh, he, he was, I, I think that you, you, they had to separate one another uh, at night with turpentine, to be honest with you. <laughs> she had him wrapped up so tight that uh, he, he really couldn't have a chance to look around, but he certainly would have. He had lots of girls that were chanting his name, and, you know, when you had pregame introduction, there was a roar, roar, roar for everybody. When it got to Jason, you could hear a lot, a lot of a high-pitched roar from a lot of the females in the crowd. <laughs> All right, maybe Jason, I got a little personal there, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, that's completely true right there. <laughs> <laughs> Dale Layers, our guest here on this uh, special edition of the Black and Blue Report. Uh, he was uh, Jason's college coach at Colorado State, now at Liberty. Coach, I want to let you go, but before I do, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, how are things at Liberty these days? 
I uh, love it here. It's an awesome school. It's uh, uh, terrific people I'm working with. I love our, our team, our, our coaching staff. It's uh, here in this heart of Virginia, and uh, we're the largest Christian university in the world, and it's uh, it's a great spot. I'm very thankful to be a part of it, and uh, I need another Jason Smith to uh, find uh, in, in the woods somewhere to, to make me a better coach. All right, co-host, anything you want to add for the old coach here before we let him go? No, I, I just want to say thank you, coach, for coming on today. It was, uh, it, was, it was a nice treat and a nice surprise. Jay, it's always good to talk to you. Good to hear your voice. I follow you from afar, wishing, hoping, praying that you get healthy soon, and uh, love to see you sometime again. That sounds good. I will talk to you soon, coach. Dale Lair, God bless. Good luck to you at Liberty the rest of the way. Thank you so much. Take care. Dale Lair with us, uh, head coach at Liberty, formerly of Colorado State. Jason Smith's uh, college coach, gracing us here on this uh, Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Another special guest for Jason coming up right after this. SiriusXM subscribers now have a place to talk NBA 24-7. SiriusXM NBA Radio. To the lane, lays it up, he lays it up! With experts like Steve Kerr, Kenny Smith, Lionel Holland, Sam Mitchell, Jerry Stackhouse, and many more. Plus, guest appearances by NBA players, coaches, and GMs. Get closer to this. LeBron to the rim with a two-hand jam. And this. Direct, fades and fires the Rainbow 18-foot jumper is a thing of beauty. By listening to SiriusXM NBA Radio. Channel 217. And the SiriusXM app. There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level. And the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300. With lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Back here on the Black and Blue Report this Monday, we continue as our co-host Jason Smith uh, is about to get a nice surprise. We've already visited with his college coach, Dale Lair, and here on this Monday, we're bringing one of Jason's former college teammates and willing to publicly say he's Jason's best buddy. Would you please welcome Jeff Wilcox to the program? Jeff, uh, nice to meet you, and I appreciate you coming on with us today. Yeah, I appreciate being a part of the show. Uh, it's it's a special Jason Smith show here. Uh, your buddy is uh, at the microphone. Uh, Jason, any surprise in your voice here? I was actually kind of surprised. Uh, I didn't know that how you guys got Jeff's number or how you got his contact information, but it's a nice surprise. I haven't uh, I haven't gotten a chance to interview my good old college buddy on the on the air. So how you doing, Jeff? <laughs> good. How you doing, Jay? Oh, you know, I'm hanging in there. Just uh, decided yep. to have a little fun on the radio today. And, uh, oh, we're talking about me. We're talking about the NBA. We're talking about a little bit of here, there, everywhere. Jeff, we cannot reveal to Jason how we dug you up and uh, and got your uh, your uh, your contact information. That's just for us to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, certainly you're willing to uh, label yourself in my notes here as, as Jason's best buddy. Are you willing to publicly announce your your uh, allegiance to Jason Smith? Yeah, I could I could say that when when we got a friendship where I can beat up on him and uh, he doesn't say anything, um, I think uh, he just kind of turns over and takes it. I think I think we're there. Wow, we're wow, wow! I don't think we're quite at that point. I don't just take <laughs> it. I give it. I give it back a little bit. No, we have a great relationship. We uh, we built that relationship in college. Jeff was a teammate of mine probably for one year, but it was probably the best year in college that, that we had together. Um, I was actually asked to be the best man in his wedding. Uh, thankfully so. It was, a, it was a great time. Him and his wife now have a beautiful baby boy and, and one more on the way. So it's, it's been a nice experience to kind of grow together with, uh, with Jeff in, in my life. Now, yeah, Jeff it's been is, an awful is, lot of fun. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. It's, it's been an awful lot of fun to uh, watch Jason uh, kind of progress, not only as a basketball player through uh, college and becoming a um, solid player in the N- NBA, uh, but it's also been fun just to kind of see him uh, progress as, as a man and um, 
going from uh, that college boy with the leather two-strap sandals um, <laughs> and the awkward dude to uh, uh, the man that he is today with a beautiful wife and uh, great life there in New Orleans. I know he loves New Orleans, so it's been fun. Jeff, you mentioned the sandals. What else should I know about the fashion sense of Jason Smith and at Colorado State? Oh, I had no fashion sense, whatever. It was everything free from Colorado State. I had Colorado State T-shirts on. I had Colorado shorts. I had some Colorado State shoes. I I feel like you might have uh, – do you still have Colorado State gear, Jeff? Oh, I do. I do. Yeah, I if, if I, I didn't mean, have – I'm not, I'm not balling like Jason, but the, the thing with Jason is <laughs> – there's a there's a four letter word that describes his college fashion sense career and that would be nerd. Oh um, wow! It was, you know, yep, all those uh, free athletics and the Nike stuff. But when you mix the uh, Nike shirts and sweats with uh, two strap leather sandals, that's that's where it becomes nerdy <laughs> in my opinion. Kind of a solid look there, Jason. You're yeah. working on. If you could just imagine that Colorado State gear with some leather sandals, you know, I had a, I had a, I didn't have a care in the world. It was, it might have gotten a little cold a couple times for those sandals, but uh, when it heated up, it was sandal time. Now you yeah. guys were roommates, right? No, we never got a chance to room together, but uh, we definitely hung around each other a lot. All right, so uh, clean freak, uh, not so much, Jeff. What do we, what should we know here? Uh, he's kind of right in the middle. Um, I'll give credit yeah. for that. I'm not really a clean, clean guy, but I'm not a dirty, dirty guy. So it's just kind of in the middle. I'll leave the occasional bowl out or glass out. I'm not going to be spick and span Mr. Clean here. Now, Jeff, Dale Lair had some interesting things to say about Kersey, Colorado. Did uh, did Jason ever take you back to his hometown? Oh, yeah. Yep. So, uh, Kersey, the, uh, the thing that rings a bell with Kersey, Colorado is grasshoppers for some reason. Grass you might laugh and Hey, that's that's kind of weird. Why would you think about grasshoppers when you go to Kersey? It's because driving up to Kersey, the couple of times that I've driven up there, you get so many grasshoppers on your windshield that it's impossible to even see out. You've got to stop at a gas station and clean your windshield off. It is just like boonies central. I, I love uh, Kersey and his family's great and uh, love spending time out there. Um, but it is awfully funny. You drive out there, and I think I, I hit a couple of years that were exceptionally high grasshopper season, but uh, it's just funny. You know you're out in the country when you've got to stop a couple of times at gas stations to clean your windshield. Yeah, Kersey is definitely uh, a small town. Uh, we have one gas station. We just got a stoplight. We're very proud of that. But when Jeff came out to my place, it was an exceptional year for grasshoppers. We, uh, my, my family has 20 acres out in the country, and we, we live next to a river. So we would kind of walk down and go for a walk next to the river. Beautiful country, beautiful clean air and everything. Well, this particular time that we took Jeff, and I think his wife was with us at the time, we we start walking and it's like a sea of grasshoppers. As soon as you take a step, like these grasshoppers just part your way. And Jeff was just like, "Is this is this normal? Is is this how it is all the time?" And it was kind of a shock for him, being big city boy. He's from Denver, from the from a big city. Oh, grasshoppers! Oh, I'm not afraid of grasshoppers at all. But when he saw the amount of grasshoppers of just like parting seas as we walked, it was an it was an eye opening experience for him. I think. Yeah, definitely. Jeff, the, Jeff, I hope this didn't scar you. No, I, well, I cringe a little bit with grasshoppers <laughs> now. It's like, but nothing will ever compare to those couple of days with the grasshoppers. It was like a plague. There were so many of them. Oh, yeah, it was bad. It was it was pretty bad, but he, he just got once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to experience some grasshoppers. <laughs> Come on. Yep. Jeff Wilcox, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report with our special co-host Jason Smith, uh, best buddies here, former college teammates. Uh, Jeff, before I go, uh, I'll let you go here. Um, share with me something that, that maybe none of us would ever have known about Jason Smith or an experience that you all have had together that, that will stay with you maybe for the rest of your life. And, and whether this would be about maybe seeing his dream realized in the NBA or, as you said, becoming – 
uh, a newly married man or whatnot. What what will stick with you most when you reflect on your friend here? What sticks with me most with Jason is he just he's he's kind of like the all American boy. He's got it all. Um, he's got everything going for him. Ever since uh, college, really star college basketball player to the NBA. You know, it's every kind of little boy's dream. Let's go to the NBA. But Jason couldn't be a better role model um, for uh, young kids, and um, he just. He is uh, so humble um, for where he's at. It would be really easy for Jason to um, kind of stray from his hometown and stray from uh, people that he grew up with and that type of thing. And it just sticks with me all the time that Jason is uh, just a great guy and um, would give the shirt off his back for anyone um, and really – uh, the NBA and success and um, professional uh, athletes and that type of thing sometimes can really change a person. It hasn't changed Jason one bit. Um, so that kind of sticks with me, and, and I'm always reminded talking to Jason that he's still that uh, good old um, you know brown sandal-wearing guy uh, deep down inside. No, I appreciate I like that, Jeff. Yeah. That's, that's just a very kind-hearted note that you just said about me even though i know how you really feel about me you, you, I'll, I'll get you back I, I i feel like we should open a bottle of wine here on the back deck on the high plains of colorado and just um you get the last word jason what are we going to finish with mr wilcox here you know jeff was a, a great college teammate of mine uh he's a great he's been a great friend through through good times and through bad he's been through every injury that i've had every good thing that's happened to me um he got to know me in college, and he, he knows my work ethic and knows what type of person I am. And I really never really forgot where I came from. Um, I'm always stayed down close to home and humble, and I think he hit that on the nose, and I appreciate you saying that. Uh, but thank you, Jeff. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. It was kind of a surprise. I didn't know who they were going to have on here. It was good to talk to Coach Lair and you, and, and uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Did Jason ever get in trouble? I mean, this is getting a little syrupy and sappy here. No, I mean, we can't give on. out the good details or anything like that. Jeff and I had some good times. We had some really good times. We're just keeping this uh, nice household family-friendly show, the Black and Blue Report. Come on now. All right, Jeff. Sounds like we got to leave the skeletons in the closet here today. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, Jeff Wilcox uh, with us here on the Black and Blue Report, a very special visit for our special co-host today. We'll turn our attention to the NFL, and we'll see what an NBA guy does with some NBA or NFL news. I know he's a Broncos fan. We won't hold that against him, but uh, we'll continue right after this quick timeout. Every year, people whose statistics say would die from a serious health problem come to Auctioner and live. To us, nothing proves quality more than saving a life no one else could. In fact, on average, statistics say patients who come here are more likely to survive than at other hospitals in the state. Incredible outcomes aren't just happening at one hospital either. Seven of the top hospitals in the state for survival rates are Auctioner. We're also Louisiana's only hospital ranked by U.S. News & World Report in eight different specialties and number one in the country by care checks for liver transplant. It's no wonder people from all over the world come here a higher quality of care one more reason to choose auctioner and with hospitals and health centers all over the region connecting is as easy as finding the auctioner name learn more about why quality matters at auctionerquality.org auctioner healthcare with peace of mind want to listen to the black and blue report on your phone download the saints and pelicans app today Football kind of uh, makes its way back into the uh, news here as a free agency in the NFL really kicks into high gear this week with my special co-host Jason Smith, Sean Kelly, back here on the Black and Blue Report. And we welcome in the uh, senior chief writer of NewOrleansSaints.com and my Pelicans broadcast partner, John DeShazer. Good morning, John. Good morning. About time you guys brought in somebody to kind of class up the joint. 
Oh, oh. wow. You're coming <laughs> wow. at me like that. Wow. I thought I was doing an A-OK job. Now, did Jason, did, did John, when he walked in the studio, did he did he make sure that you address him as senior chief? Because that's what we call him now. Oh, I didn't hear that at all. Well, what I was going to do is whack him in the knee and get a little, you know, why, why? <laughs> Out of him. Nancy but. Kerrigan right there. <laughs> She's from, is she from Colorado? Uh, I have no idea. Just because she is an ice athlete, you're going to assume that she's from Colorado? Athlete? Did you just mispronounce it? Athlete, athlete, you know. You knew what I was trying to say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was uh, hoping you to avoid Ice Princess there because that doesn't uh, go over very well. Yeah, see, I watched the little documentary. I wasn't going to say Ice Princess whatsoever. Nice, nice. Um, John, we've uh, talked a little bit of basketball already, but I do want to turn our attention for our Saints fans listening in. Uh, to kind of get us up to speed on what all has transpired over the weekend, what's official from the team and what's not. Because uh, as Jason and I were talking earlier, we get a lot of news on Twitter, and you have to kind of separate what you read on Twitter and what's being officially released, which means it's also been documented with the league. So what do we know? Well, all that is official is that uh, wide receiver Lance Moore has been released. Uh, anything else is, you know, pretty much speculation. I mean, there's word out and – you know, this and that and the other. But, you know, the only official word is that uh, is that Lance Moore is no longer a saint for now. I mean, who knows what's going to happen down the road. But, you know, as of today, he is the only official transaction. Now, how did you find out about that news? See, now I found out through Twitter. Well, that's the way you find out everything nowadays. But, you know, but it's not technically official. Now, you can hear all kinds of unofficial news on Twitter, but, you know, it's only official when the league or the franchise says, okay, this is what has been done. Now, players obviously individually, you know, give out the news before it actually happens. But until it's actually filed, you know, in some office somewhere on some paper, you know, it's not really true until it's true. Yeah, Sean and I were talking a little earlier, like, today's generation finds out more news on Twitter, but you really have to be careful of what you believe and what's true and what's official, just like you said, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if the actual athlete says it, then you would, you know, venture to say that it's probably true. But if it's just some people, you know, kicking around some special speculation, you don't know what to believe there. But if the actual person says it, then, you know, it's kind of hard to doubt him. Yeah, and I think for uh, for the Saints, I think it's a sad day that Lance Moore – is getting released. I mean, he's a, he was a great player from when I watched him. I've been here for four years, and it was great to see him go with Drew Brees. And he's had a lot of success, but I had to part ways. It's a sad day for Saints. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's it's always, you know, the salary cap situation in the NFL is, is you know, uh, it's a production salary kind of thing, and it's got to be commensurate with, you know, both of them have to, to match up. they got to link up. So, you know, a $5 million salary guy has to be a $5 million production guy, you know, and, and it goes on down the line. If it's a, you know, $800,000 guy, he's got to be an 800000 production guy. And uh, unfortunately in the NFL with that hard cap, the way it is, you know, you have to make some difficult decisions. Uh, you know, these aren't guaranteed contracts in the NFL. So, you know, there's always a great deal of player movement, whereas in the NBA, you don't have to worry about that. Now, if a guy doesn't produce in the NBA, you know, teams are looking to trade trade him and get rid of that contract. But in the NFL, they just, you know, they'll outright release you for the most part. And because, you know, it gets to a situation where, you know, again, the salary's got to match up with the production. And a lot of times, you know, it's bad to say and it's kind of harsh to say, but you see it happening more and more where franchises part with a guy who's got a little bit more tread on his tire. But you, it's better to do it a year early than it is to do it a year late. No, I completely agree with that. It's it's definitely a different world from NFL to NBA. Uh, Sean was trying to get me to bait me into talking about the Broncos. Now, I don't know too much about the NFL and everything, but I'm a little worried about Peyton Manning and his health, and I just don't know if he's going to be like that next year. Now, he hit, he got his team to the Super Bowl, but he didn't get the Super Bowl. Was It, it, it was a good game in my mind, but I'm a Broncos fan. Was it a good game for you? A good the Super Bowl? Yeah. Uh, no, by no means oh. was it a good game. I mean, now he, now here's the thing: he he passes physical, so you know physically he's fit. He won't put up those numbers again because those are historic numbers. That won't happen again. Yeah. And so, but the big thing for him is defensively, the Broncos are going to have to be better. I mean, because you know they were pretty, they were actually pretty good for for a decent stretch in the Super Bowl. But they're going to have to have to be better because that offense. There's no way that offense can you know be historic consecutive seasons. That just 
you know, the law of averages says that doesn't happen. That in the never N- happens. And though. then the NFL, it's a copycat league, same as the NBA. When teams figure out what Seattle did, they're going to go with that same route and they're going to, you know, apply those same principles. So it's going to be hard to score another five, 600 points. It's going to be hard for him to throw another 50 touchdowns. That's probably not going to happen. So what they're going to have to do is probably be better defensively because that's where the, the you know the stop gap I mean where the uh, where the where the where the gap's going to be made up and they're going to probably have to run the ball a little bit more and then I don't know how well they're going to do that with Noshawn Moreno looks like he's going to be out now they've got I think it's Monte Ball or Monte Ball from from yes. Wisconsin who they have a lot of uh, a lot of faith in but you know how well can he play because Noshawn Moreno when he was healthy last year gave them a great season. And I don't know if, if Ball is ready to do that, particularly when you're talking about blitz pickup, because as much as Peyton Manning throws the ball, you've got to have running backs who can who can operate in blitz pickup. You know, is that kid from Wisconsin ready to do that? And if so, you know, they'll try to kind of pick up. But again, you know, it's hard to match, you know, historic numbers in consecutive seasons. So that means, you know, the defense is probably going to have to be a little bit better. Yeah, Monty Ball, he was a good running back for him, but he had a little trouble holding on to the ball. He had a lot of fumbles. I think another team to kind of keep in consideration is the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson and and even the 49ers, Colin Kaepernick. They are getting those two guys at a steal of a deal. What's going to happen to them as soon as those contract negotiations come around? Well, not just not just Russell Wilson because you know Richard Sherman's going to be up for a new deal and yes. they've got a bunch of young guys with Seattle. And then what happens, you know, we're seeing it some with the Heat and the NBA. And what happens in the NFL, what happens when you're the opponent's Super Bowl every week? You know, now all of a sudden, yeah, you're going to Cleveland and it looks like a walkover, but, you know, they want to hang that skin on their wall because, you know, that's their playoff game. And you're playing 16 playoff games, whereas everyone else is playing only you as their playoff game. So you've got to be up every week, and it's it's tough to, 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 to do when we see that. Like, like I said, we see it with Miami, even though the Heat have lost – three consecutive games to three good teams. But when you're, you know, the star attraction everywhere you go and people want a piece of you, it's tough to maintain that intensity. And in football, it's such a physical sport. You know, you can you can get it handed to you every Sunday. And the same thing with, with, with San Francisco. Now Colin Kaepernick, they're saying he wants like $20 million a year. Oh, and, uh, and, and, you know, you've got to pay other people. You know, that's the way the league is. And, you know, these guys – and I understand because, again, these aren't guaranteed contracts – You've got to get as much as you can get while you can get it in the NFL because once they're done with you, they're done with you. And, you know, if it's, you know, three years and $21 million left on that contract, that's just on paper. That's not what goes into your pocket. So, you know, you, you've got to be a little bit selfish when it comes contract time. And I know a lot of, a lot of you know, fans will say, you know, well, you ought to give them a hometown discount and this. And, no, 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 no. Because when the time comes, that team will cut you with years remaining on your contract. So you have to do what's best for you. Yeah, football is a little bit different than basketball in that mindset, and I definitely am a little bit out of my league when I when I talk about football. But I know a little bit about a little bit, right? Yeah, you you got it, you got it, Dan. You you know, Broncos fan, and yeah, you can hold that against me, Broncos fan. But I do love to go to the Saints games. They have great crowds every time they play in the Superdome, and it's it's fun to see those games, and it's really a a great testament to this city and how much they support their teams. They've done a really good job, and, and hopefully next year they'll get a, a team together that they can have a deep playoff run, get past those Seahawks. You know, it, it's it's been a tough year for them the last couple of years going against Seattle, but I think they'll get it together. Um, are there any rumors out there that you could that you could give us, maybe? Well, there are rumors, but I can't talk about them. You know, we got people who are a little uh, whose pay grades are a little higher than mine who might not appreciate that. So I'll uh, I'll leave. <laughs> I'll leave that alone, but I mean, uh, I'll I'll put it this way: if you see a guy say it on Twitter, it might be true. Yeah, that Twitter information—you can't go wrong with the Twitter news. John, it didn't take Jason very long. Now he jumped right in, looking to get the inside track from you there. Yeah, I need him to go back to his day job and get out of that seat over there. I'm hey, trying to be uh, a little nosy. Come on now. Yeah. Hey, John. Before we let you go and we wrap up the segment, I know that you did some reflecting. Uh, you know, back to the Lance Moore situation. I know you did some reflections. Uh, on him and his career with the Saints for New Orleans Saints.com. When you did when you did all that, what stuck out most to you about Lance Moore's time in, in the black and gold? No, well, you know, two things stand out. One, you know, the dancing in the end zone cuz you know, that was one of the signature things that Lance Moore gave you. He always gave you, you know, a new and different dance every touchdown. But one of the things also, you know, was that, you know, Lance pretty much uh, from the time he, you know, from the time I I set eyes on him in the locker room, he was a consummate pro. I mean, and that's what you 
like to see in your athletes. You you want guys who will step up and address, you know, situations and issues, you know, in good times and bad. And, and that's what I mean by calling the guy a, a true pro. And that's something I can say about Jason. And, you know, we see some of those guys in the Pelicans locker room. In fact, you know, one of the guys I told the, that the other night, um, I think the Pelicans had lost, you know, the fourth consecutive road game. And uh, I spoke to Brian Roberts and I said, you know, B-Rob, you know what? You're a pro. I mean, because, you know, it's, you know, in difficult times you find out, you know, guys' character, you know, it, you know, not, and that's not to say those guys, you know, everybody won't address the issues, but sometimes, you know, they might dress a little bit slower and might shower a little bit longer and, you know, might not necessarily want to deal with it. And that's, there's a way you can kind of get around it if you're an athlete, even if you want to just duck into the trainer's room. But the guys who kind of, you know, toe the line when it's not going great, and they'll stand up and say, okay, you know, this is what happened and this is why it happened. And, you know, whether or not they say anything significant is just the fact that you are there to represent the team and represent yourself. You know, that's always appreciated from guys on our end. So that's one of the things I remember about Lance Moore is he's a guy who always towed the line and, and, and stood up and, and faced the challenge. Sounds like Jason Smith to me. Exactly. Oh, exactly. that's so nice of you, Sean. You know, and we wouldn't just say that, you know, we might actually say that behind your back. Oh, hey, I like that even better. Not just <laughs> to my that face, note, but we probably better wrap this segment up, huh? <laughs> I'll take that. Let's go ahead and shut her down there, Sean. Shut her down. All right. John DeShazer with us, uh, Senior Chief. Uh, senior Chief Writer, that is, from NewOrleansSaints.com. John, thanks for stopping by. Anytime. Um, yep, and uh, we'll see you on the broadcast on Wednesday. Be back. I'll be here. All right, back to wrap up the Black and Blue Report with Jason Smith next. As one Entergy customer to another, I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand, that's the power of people. Entergy. New Orleans Pelican season ticket holders are with the team at the perfect time. Our season ticket holders continue to enjoy benefits that include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions and merchandise, access to the Zataran season ticket holder pregame party, and much more. You'll want to be with us as we take this team to the next level. Plus, most season ticket holders renewing their seats by March 31st will lock in their current ticket pricing. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to renew your seats today. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Well, it's been as special as I thought it might be here on the Black and Blue Report for this Monday. We just kind of, Jason, we made uh, Monday a little bit better having you in the studio today. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It was great to get to uh, talk to my old college coach and one of my best friends, Jeff Wilcox. Uh, We got to have John come in and talk about the Saints and a little bit of football. It was a good day. Yeah, special thanks to all of our guests. What'd you think? You want to do this again some other time? I'd love to do this again. It was it was fun to to be in the studio, be in the stage, have a have a good time talking about a little bit of this, a little bit of that. No, I had a great time. All right. Well, we should tell you, Jason, and all of our listeners that tomorrow the special uh, co-host will be Darius Miller, and then on Wednesday your good buddy Ryan Anderson will be in the chair. Oh, you guys will have fun with Darius and Ryan, especially Ryan. Goodness, yes. it, it'll be tough to not get him to talk. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Anthony Morrow on Thursday, and then young Jeff Withy to wrap it up on Friday. Oh, you guys are going to have Sweet Pea on here, huh? Sweet. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, you cannot call him Jeff Withy. You have to call him Sweet Pea. Oh, and how did that come about? That is his nickname. That is just the rookie. We just had to give him a good nickname. He's just such a nice guy, original guy. Just He's so sweet, so we call him Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea. Naturally, right? right? So sweet Pea. Sweepy had a couple of dunks last week that weren't so sweet if you're a Laker. No, he he definitely <laughs> goes out there, and he, he showed his athletic ability those games. Oh, man. Nice work. Is there anything on the show that we need to delete before we send it out to the public, Jason, today? No, it was a very clean, family-oriented show. Sean was trying to dig up some dirt on me. Didn't happen. <laughs> I have very good friends and family around me. Very nice and very important, too. All the best in your recovery, Jason. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me, and I would love to be back on anytime soon. I have lots of free time these days. That'll be it for this Monday, and yes, we'll get Jason Smith back. This went too well not to do it all over again. 
Our thanks to Daniel Salerson for helping us put the show together. And as uh, Jason mentioned, special thanks to uh, Jeff Wilcox, uh, Dale Lair, and John DeShazer for stopping by. Jason, thank you so much. I, this has been a real treat. And uh, I look forward to seeing if your teammates can top you as the week goes along. Oh, that's going to be a tough duty to do. But thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. You got it. Don't forget, the Black and Blue Report is yours at pelicans.com, neworleansaints.com, both of the two team apps, and available, of course, free on iTunes. And we'll be back with you sometime around noon central tomorrow for the next edition of the Black and Blue Report. Jason, say goodbye to everybody. Hasta mañana, peoples. For Jason Smith, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.